0: Hey, Vikings fans, number 96 Brian Robinson is bringing NYC's cheesiest food stand to U.S. Bank Stadium. Visit Mac Truck Mac and Cheese on Minnesota Vikings game days for a new game time snack.
1: I think the thing that fans should really be hooking their hands into is all the managerial head coach stuff that's going well, like the low penalty, the clock management. The challenge
0: is management. There isn't going to be a time, I think, where we sit back and say, oh, well, this will be an easy ride. Oh, we'll get through this. Like, it's going to be tough from here on out because now you have a target on your back. The bye week is behind us and the Vikings return to action this weekend, a home game against the Cardinals. This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm Tatum Everett alongside Jay Nelson and our producer, Eric Davidson. Later on in the show, we will be welcoming in a special guest, Cy Amidson. He will talk a lot. And I feel like he's almost like the heartbeat of the fans, Jay.
2: He's somebody who is very passionate about his Vikings fandom, Minnesota sports in general. But um, he loves the NFL. He loves the NBA. And uh, for somebody who has grown up in Minnesota, been a passionate fan for a long time, really has kind of a a long memory of, of you know, coaches, players, and kind of history and events that have happened here. Uh, He was a perfect person to be able to jump on as the lead for the Vikings tailgate, our new show this year, and and podcast form and radio form on KFAN. And so size, background and knowledge of all that and just kind of his pulse on the entire NFL he was a great person to have not only for that, but for this uh, episode this week.
0: Yeah, no, it was a no brainer. We scheduled this one far out because we really wanted to hear what he had to say. Didn't want to get it too early. Wanted to be able him to be able to talk about what he's seen and what he expects. And obviously to promote his podcast, which is Vikings tailgate. It's heading into its what seventh week.
2: Eighth week, yeah, Eighth coming week? up here. Wow, yeah, because seven uh, week, oh, seven by. week.
0: Mean, yeah, this is th- math's not my thing, Jay.
2: <laughs> no, it's all good because you know we weren't going to do a, a bi week episode, and then we got an absolute monster of a guest and Brian Regan, mm-hmm. and uh, added Chad Daniels to that show, and to be able to have both of those guys on a, a single show, where like we absolutely have to do something for bye week. So it's a passion project, period. But to be able to get two guys of that caliber on this show. Um, we were like, we're absolutely going to release that on on Bi-Week. And if you haven't listened to it so far, definitely go do it because it's amazing.
0: Yes, you need to go check that one out for sure. Um, I think that it's been such a success. I think we touch on this a little bit later because of just the fun vibe that it takes. Again, it's a, such a break from the X's and O's of things. And I don't know. I I I like comedy, though. So I like hearing that side of things. It's just... It makes it so much easier to listen to someone when they are kind of, well, they're also like my brand of comedy. Like I do like self-deprecating sarcasm. Sure. So that's kind of like what I like.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, I think kind of the voice of what they put out there is also what's in your head on a daily basis as a fan. A lot of times. That's true. That's true. You know, there there's the rational side and then there's yeah. the irrational side. And, <laughs> and um, it can live in there uh, at the same time. And I think. Having people of their caliber who their job is to be able to put things in an eloquent way and to be able to really just give you a different take uh, verbally on, on just what you're already seeing and thinking. I think those guys are a great conduit in order to kind of be the voice of the fan and to really understand what it means to be a fan. And um, it's it's even to the point where Brian Regan is getting a, a football life segment piece that's being done on him as somebody who played college football at a D three level, but now he's a professional performer and he's done a ton of work with Steve Young and and some stuff with Jerry Rice and. He grew up in Miami, had a bunch of teammates who ended up playing in the NFL. So he's somebody that has this football background, Mm -hmm. but, you know, he's working in a completely different field. But he still, as a fan, has a passion for it. And so it was great to be able to have Brian on the show talking about that kind of stuff.
0: That was definitely big. Now, we did mention the Vikings were not in action this weekend. But despite having a bye, there were some small victories, I would say, that played to the Minnesota Vikings' favor. And so that will bring us to our 3M play of the week. From the field to the roof and everywhere in between, 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings, is here. Visit vikings.com backslash skull Science to learn more. As I mentioned, Minnesota got a win despite being on a bye. With the Packers and Lions losing to the Commanders and Cowboys, respectively, the Vikings now have a two and a half game lead in the NFC North. And of course, they have those head to head tiebreakers as of right now. The Packers tried to make a comeback, though, against the Commanders, but it all ended in a desperate flurry of lateral passes that ended with Aaron Rodgers face in the turf. Only
2: five seconds remaining despite everything they are one play away can
1: they get something quick to the outside and beat the clock and get the field goal unit on Jones moves to the right side of the quarterback three receivers left, Rodgers to the right Amari Rodgers to the right Aaron Rodgers waits for the snap and here it is he pops it over the middle to Tunyon Tunyon turns upfield looking for someone to pitch it to pitches it back to Rodgers and it's Amari Rodgers who flips it over and it's picked Zach up Tom. by Zach Tom over it goes to Romeo Dobbs, Dobbs circle rooting back near the 40, turns
0: upfield on his feet, cutting to his right, it is a pitch over to Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rogers. Aaron Rodgers cutting left, goes left side and in through oh. the
1: wickets, incomplete, trying to get it over to John
2: Runyon who could not gather it in.
0: And that is your 3M Play of the Week. 3M, the official science partner of the Minnesota Vikings. And now it's time to bring in our special guest to the Minnesota Vikings podcast, the always hilarious host of the Vikings Tailgate podcast, the Cy Amundsen Show and Middle of Somewhere podcast. The list goes on. You guessed it, at Cy Amundson. Tough guess, I know.
1: Too many podcasts. I'm involved in far too many podcasts. Hi, guys. How was, are you feeling Rejuvenated post bye week, do you have do you have energy? Are you ready for the stretch run?
2: Uh, sure, why not? I think uh, being five and one to to lead into this next chunk of the season is is a big boost and help. Uh, I think going into the bye week, a lot of people are saying, you know, what's going to happen this weekend? How is this going to either be a problem or or advantageous here for this team? And I know for me, uh, being able to catch up on life and then simultaneously watch. Two of the three teams in our division uh, lose this weekend was very advantageous and gave me a nice little jolt walking in the door this morning.
1: It's a weirdly interesting moment in the land of the Vikings, if you will. Like because I, you know, I listen to you guys every week, and Tatum and I think pretty similarly in terms of skepticism. And you have to show us, and you have to prove it. And I have really high expectations. I'm, yeah. Sometimes I think Minnesota sports fans are just Happy to go sit and watch a game. And I very desperately would like a team, especially my favorite team, the Vikings to win a championship. And so I, you know, I think when you switch coaches, all these expectations come and it's like a, this, this five and one team is such an interesting mixture of emotions, like for fans, I think right now, because on one hand, we're five and one and I don't care how you get there. I watched New England Patriots teams for years look terrible in September and then win the Super Bowl. So if you're stacking wins in September and October and then progressing as a football team, that is how you wind up playing at the end of the year. So that on one hand, five and one. On the other hand, it felt a little underwhelming. Like the only team that was at full strength and ready to play, and and I would consider good of any – I mean, we had such an almost – like you couldn't almost write a movie script about the comical – rosters we've played in terms of people missing so i think some fans are feeling that hesitation to buy in based on that and then you throw in the fact that green bay five alarm dumpster fire right now watching their fans have to come to grips with what it means to be just like the rest of the team like every once in a while you have to sit back and think, do we suck this year? Like, it's so fascinating to watch. Like, it's this amazing combination of are we good? How good are we? Unbelievable opportunity sitting in front of us. So I don't – my head is a million different directions as a fan, but by week, in theory, couldn't have gone any better.
2: You know, one thing you just brought up, too, were those Patriots teams. And think about how many times they would feast on that AFC East opponents that were just terrible – and then when it came down to playoff time, that gave them the opportunity to be hosting playoff games at home where they can control the crowd, control the environment, and really push themselves. And I think you know that's one of the things that at the back end of the season, you're, you're not going to say you're sorry for getting those wins early when it means that it could potentially set you up for, for the ability – at the back end of the season to really help propel and push this team given nice home field advantage if that's where you get.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of nailed it on the head, though, with the feelings of the fan side, because it's like you want to believe you want to. But it's like the history and the I hate saying this word being a disappointment, I guess, over the last some odd years, you you just don't want to be like, okay, but it is his first year. Okay, but there's always that, like, but in there, because you're just like, ugh, I'm just not sure yet. Um, I think, I, I don't even know if you will really be able to 100% see it until I think the Bills, that will be tough, and then if you can own the home stretch at the end of the season against the division, and then the playoffs will be big. And so hopefully you have enough, like, Wherewithal to be in a good spot by then, but like maybe that's the only time you will really see this team get tested.
1: Well, you know, to me, the next four games are going to be crazy interesting because I, you know, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is, I'm not a huge believer in him, but getting DeAndre Hopkins back, it's a different football team. Just all together, completely a different football team uh kyler murray is difficult no matter what you know national story narrative you want to find like they're going to be a really hard football team and when you look at who we've played so far the packers without lazard they're two tackles and it looks like the packers aren't good even when they have their guys a the bad bears team the saints without everybody the dolphins with their hurt backup quarterback replacing their third string quarterback like we have no idea the only full strength team we've seen this year is the Eagles. And so in the next four games, you know, the commanders, I'm a, i am I like Heineke. I think he's an interesting spark just because of the way that the team rallies around him in Washington. But between the bills who are, you know, one of, if not the best team in football, the Cardinals who are better than I believe people are going to give them credit for. And the Cowboys who have an, I mean, Micah Parsons alone is a game record. So I, These next four games are really going to be the litmus test of who we are. And I think you really, uh, O'Connell, let's, let's talk about Kevin O'Connell because I'm curious where everybody in in this room sits. I'm a big believer in Kevin O'Connell. I think we all are so far. And I think the thing that has me holding on to hope right now for this season and for the future is I actually think they haven't figured it out on offense. I actually think, you know, this looks like a guy who is, like, very skilled. And you see it in the red zone, right? You see it on the scripted play. You see it in the red zone. This is a guy who is really, really good at scheming football. But, you know, maybe has not entire game by himself for an entire season. Like, you got to remember, when you are an assistant coach underneath someone like a Sean McVay, kind of like we saw the defensive coaches underneath someone like Mike Zimmer, you know, a lot of this is new. So I think the thing that fans should really be hooking their hands into is all the managerial head coach stuff that's going well, like the low penalties, right? The clock management, the challenges management. I, I heard you last week after the Dolphins game, Tatum saying this like and Gabe was saying it as well. How they prepare the team, the how they got the team ready with the heat in the building and the sweatpants for the Dolphins, the way they manage the trip to London. So it's all these managerial head coach things that I think he's doing so well. And if the offense and he as a play caller really start to gel down the season and into future years, it could be really, really fun.
0: That's a really great point that you bring up, just because there are so many things that as a first-year head coach you could be complaining about. I mean, you look at the situation in Denver all of the time management complaints or their coaching decisions or things like that that like have people saying like oh hack it's one and done kind of stuff right so i think that's such a such a great point that you brought in there it was actually one of the questions i wanted to ask you was about your thoughts on koc so far cuz you got to think like If we're frustrated that maybe this offense hasn't completely gelled together the way we want, you know he's probably the the number one, like, the one guy that's frustrating the most, even though he doesn't show it, because he's never going to show it.
1: Well, absolutely. My feeling going into this season was, you know, I was going to wait about eight games until I developed an opinion, right? Eight games before I started going, like, you know, Jay has to talk to me on the phone, so he knows I'm a maniac on game days, but... (laughs) The eight-week mark was where I started going, hey, you know, raise your hand. And uh, this this is what I think about this. And I think we all kind of expected a potential top five offense. And by we all, I, I don't think I just mean us as fans, you know, you guys as hosts. I, I think the buildings, I think they expect that of themselves. And so as you're watching right now, you kind of have these three silos I do. I mean, there's so much nuance to football, but I think from just a dumb fan's perspective, you have these three silos of, of of where you want to believe responsibility lies in terms of things starting to click. I think you have the Kevin O'Connell silo, you know, which we kind of talked about. It's a young coach learning how to manage a game. What I love about him is I love his openness. His interviews with Ben Lieber right after the game, are so transparent and so fantastic. You know, he, after the Dolphins game, he goes, well, you know, play a lot of personnel, and we haven't seen anybody line up like that against us yet. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, wow, you don't hear a lot of coaches just go, yeah, we, we weren't totally ready for that. We didn't expect – that's so refreshing, and I think that transparency in the way he handles stuff is uh, probably going to end up being a really good thing for us. So you, you have the – O'Connell silo and him growing as a head coach and coordinator. And where are we at in that process? I think you have the Kirk Cousins silo, which is where the Minnesota fan base has spent the better part of four years. And, uh, (laughs) you know, that is this guy who, you know, does some things incredibly well now mixing with this new scheme that it's not just plug and play. You don't just stick, you know, Kirk has some things he loves to do and it's it's meshing the system you see that all over the nfl you've seen with matt matt LeFleur runs the motion style you know i think they're a little bit more the shanahan direction but the motion style offense and aaron Rodgers is a west coast offense quarterback that's what he's always liked so it's, there's that combination there the quarterback how's it fitting and then the third silo for me is the weapons right we believe as fans I think we have some of the best weapons in the NFL and to this point this year you know you've had some crucial drops you know Irv is trying to get back into playing shape you know Adam hasn't been as prominent I think as some fans hoped he would be and Delvin certainly uh, I mean I think Delvin is all world he hasn't been as prominent as some people hoped he would be so We'll see week eight, week 10, week 12, where all those conversations line up. But those are kind of the three things I look at as I look for us to click. You know, where where do you set the responsibility with some of these things?
2: I also know, Cy, si, like, you know, looking at – you're talking about a first-year head coach and trying to make a good impression and kind of setting things up for the future. The last time we had a head coach that had kind of a 5 and one start here was Denny Green back in 1992, and they won 11-5 and and made the playoffs. And I think – kind of the idea and attitude of Kevin O'Connell coming in here, changing things over, you know, the kind of the gripes in the past where if we just had kind of a mid-level defense, you know, this team could really do some damage when it comes to end of the season and playoffs instead of kind of sitting on that bubble. I think what Kevin O'Connell has kind of set this team up to with the other coaches he's brought in and taking the talent that he has and trying to maximize what they're doing, my feeling is not only for this season but the, the future period, Feels bright because you feel like if you're getting this out of a first season, you know what potentially is going to happen down the road. I, I, Kevin O'Connell to me right now feels like he is putting his best foot forward and feels like he is setting this franchise up for some you know prolonged success if we can keep uh, keep this kind of momentum going in the future.
1: Well, that's why the next four games are so important, in my opinion. Because it's great to say that right now, but we also started five and one the Sam Bradford year and ended eight and eight, you know, so that is a nice narrative. And, you know, what, what I think a lot of fans are hoping for. And I think, you know, what Tatum and I kind of speak to as more hesitant fans uh, is this, this five and one start, you know, where we're winning with the margins, I think of, you know, maybe good coaching and good management, and, you know, little things here and there where we sneak away with some wins that has set the table to create the thing that you're talking about. I think you got to go 2 and 2 these next few games. You know, if you go even if you go 3 and 2 or 3 and 3 over the next six, you wind up looking at 8 and 4, right? And now down the stretch run, you've really put yourself in a position. The NFL is really interesting beast, man. You mm-hmm. can you can lose 3 in a row really really quick. As much as everyone laughs at Green Bay, Green Bay scares the out of me because they, they, all, they do not look good. They, they can't be good inside that building right now, but they made a very intentional choice to shift the direction of their football team and the way they play football. They looked soft every single year in the playoffs and just got pushed out by a tougher team, and they put all their draft capital into the defense. They've put their they, – they got they put draft capital into A.J. Dillon. They have shifted to a more Shanahan-style team. I think in their mind, they want to run. They want to play defense and control the clock. And then, oh, yeah, instead of Jimmy G, we have maybe the second greatest quarterback in the history of professional football. So much as it's fun to poke at Green Bay being three and four, figure their stuff out, team that sneaks into the playoffs, and you go – I mean, the Niners, there was a point last year where we were competing with the Niners for the last playoff spot, and they didn't even look like a playoff team. So you can very quickly stumble, lose three games in a row, and this whole thing we're talking about, we're sitting there at five and four, and we go, oh, this doesn't feel as good. So these next four games, is that what your brain is doing, Tatum? These next four games for me as a fan feel so, so, so important.
0: Well, it's funny because I was just listening to you and I was like, man, if I'm listening to this podcast, I just went from like being so happy. We're five and one and just being like, oh, dang, this is this is a short lived. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I, I do. I, I agree with you. Like, I, I think that this team has been lucky and you have to be lucky in in the NFL to be at five and one. You have to have a little bit of that something extra and you know they they everyone does harp on the details that you mentioned the the penalties the turnover margin um the the way you prepare your body all those kinds of things that you have to realize they do come to fruition because when you are down to the last drive of every game and that's and, and your team comes out on top there has to be something that sets you apart and a lot of times maybe it was like The other team had five false start penalties, and that was the difference because at the end, you still were able to claw your way to the the end. Um, These games are huge. I think when you start out this hot and you're a team that's really trying to prove yourselves, every week is so big. Um, There isn't going to be a time, I think, where we sit back and say, oh, well, this will be an easy ride. Oh, we'll get through this. Like. It's going to be tough from here on out because now you have a target on your back and you have this lead in the division and you can't let that go knowing what's at stake for everyone else. I mean, and knowing how perfect I think more than anything, knowing how perfect this is kind of setting up a potential run. Right. Like like let's get way ahead of ourselves and think about the division lead then you think about the NFC being Merck, mm, okay. And then you think about how maybe all roads lead through Philly or the Niners or these, you know, one or two other NFC teams. Like this team could be sitting on something special, but you don't want to get too ahead of that. But you're also at the back of your mind like, okay, could there be a better perfect storm of situations?
1: Absolutely. And I, th- I think you, you start next week in terms of that storm brewing, if you will, mm-hmm. because as much as I said, the Packers, I do think can figure it out. They go to Buffalo on Sunday night next week. If you beat the Arizona Cardinals and they have to go into Buffalo knowing we're six and one and they're staring three and five in the face, if they lose, that's a, that's a pretty gigantic opportunity. And, and as much as like, I'm just always going to be a realistic fan who has expectations. I, I'm never somebody who, if the team is bad, I'm going to freak out and this guy sucks and that guy sucks, you know, but you want to have standards, right? You want to have hopes. You want to have expectations. And I, I think, you know, as much as I said all that stuff about, like, you got to be careful because this is how season goes, you know, and Jay's pointing out the Denny Green season and I'm pointing out the the Sam Bradford season, and those are both paths that have been walked. One thing you just said that I think is important. Locker rooms are interesting places. They tend to, the whole, like, I think those of us who aren't in a locker room, we kind of snicker at, like, it's a family. And, and all the cliches, like, no one believed in us. It's us like, it's, but that's how they really live and exist. Like, it's this unit. It's this family. It's this, they, they all believe. And when they fall apart, they fall apart. And I, I, I think there's so much power in pattern, right? There's so much power in, like, has it been frustrating to see these teams that I think a lot of fans think we should have walked away from by 10, 14 points? Has that been a little frustrating? Yes, but do I think having the game on the line week after week after week and the Vikings, you know, you're talking the K.J. Osborne touchdown, right? The drive against the Dolphins at the end of the game, the the, the Delvin Cook touchdown taking the ball away from the Bears at the end of the game, the picks in the Dolphins' game, these game-clinching plays, locker rooms start to believe their own narrative when it repeats itself. You see it all the time. It's like, especially this is a weird comparison, but NCAA basketball come tournament time, there are these teams, it doesn't matter if they're down eight points in the fourth quarter, they just believe because they've done it so many times. So you've already kind of established this mentality of a team that's not shaken when they're down. So now if you can start playing better and filling in these gaps where the offense goes three and out a whole bunch of times in a row, you can stack that on top of a healthy locker room with guys who believe a narrative about themselves and a coach who's really winning on the margins with the managerial decisions. And if that happens, now you go, oh boy, we could have a lot of fun here.
0: I do want to ask one thing before we let you get out of here, because you mentioned him a little bit earlier. Uh, Kirk Cousins having a lot of fun this year, I think, is the way that I would describe it. How how do you – what do you think about how Kirk Cousins is starting to kind of own who he is, I would say?
1: Oh, I don't know. He uh, – I'll tell you who he isn't, a guy who wears iced out necklaces. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that's that's great that they're
0: like rallying around like tucked in shirt guy, right?
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, I think you saw it in the you saw it in the first game of the year. You know, I I think to my to my point about locker rooms and narrative. Right. People need to believe in one another. Uh, They need to feel supported and they need to give support. And, you know, sometimes football is like, it's men, go out and do your job. Nonsense. Even the toughest men in the world are insecure as all get out. And so that speech you saw Kirk give when he handed out game balls to uh, Coach O'Connell and uh, to Kwesi after the first win, I, I just think you saw a guy who emotionally feels supported and comfortable and is excited about that and you know that's the best case scenario for a quarterback in the nfl right it's uh, a quarterback is a fickle beast and we've seen it here he has been the most divisive topic in this sports market for four years now and no matter what any athlete says they hear the noise and with the way the record has gone and things have gone it's got to be a welcome experience for him to feel that way, and I think it's a welcome experience for fans to see him feel that way. And uh, you know, I, I think what I was saying earlier with, I kind of have a theory that as you split the the tree, right? The McVeigh Shanahan, the McVeigh coaching style goes this way, and the Shanahan style goes this way. I've always thought Kirk really would, and obviously Kyle Shanahan has spoken so highly of him. But Kirk really thrives in that style. So, you know, I think what you're seeing a little bit of on the field is still that get this guy out of his comfort zone a little bit while also letting him excel in his comfort zone because that's really important. And, uh, and we'll see where it goes. It's just like anything else. I, I, I think either either this is kind of who we're going to be or click. And I, I not to be like some weird dramatic homer, but if we click, I think it clicks in a big way. I don't think it'll kind of click. I don't think you'll get a team that like, oh, one week they beat the Cowboys, and then the next week they can't beat the Giants, and then they, they compete against the Patriots, but they lose against the Jets. I don't think you're going to get a kind of click with this team. I think either you're going to see these growing pains like they are now continue because it's just not quite there yet, or I think it's going to be like, Bam, all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, Thielen's getting off. Dalvin is playing. Like, I, if it clicks and this offense goes to where we think it could go to, it could be a lot bigger than I think some of the doubters might believe it's going to be.
2: Yeah, for sure. And And I think, you know, like you said, you've been talking about here all along, the idea of these next four games will help propel you to there, but still, I think teams that people had thought potentially might have been a little bit more cupcakey at the front end of the year have definitely yeah, shown that they're yeah. not going to be. I mean, your non your non divisional opponents at this point are Bills, Cowboys, Cardinals, Commanders, and then you've got Belichick at home you've got the jets who have gone on a, a tear here the last couple of games against some better opponents and then the giants who are are basically the number 2 team with a single loss so far in that yeah. NFC East i mean you've got some beasts of teams here and and you know like you said if if you do click Those are the kind of games, those are the kind of opponents that you're going to have to click against. Otherwise, you're going to be, you know, having to really fight like crazy. Otherwise, you're potentially going to start coming back to, you know, kind of the middle of the pack or the earth or earth at this point. Part of it, too, is size. You're looking at this going right now. The NFC only has five teams that have a above 500 record and we're one of them. So, like, there's going to be a whole lot of other teams that are kind of in that three and four space and even below that are trying to play catch up, knowing that they still have a chance at potential playoff berths. So, like, for us, getting right against some of these teams are going to be crucial, not only for the record, but for potential tiebreakers when it comes to playoff seedings, too. So, like, looking ahead at all of those critical teams, those critical games, that's where I'm kind of looking at this saying, you know, I'm happy that we're five and one because when you do get into that tougher stretch with some of those tougher opponents, it's definitely going to give you a little bit more of a buffer if you do stumble in some of those games. One thing
1: to add on to that is what an opportunity, you know, a trial-by-fire opportunity in terms of coaching. Because you mentioned the teams and how well they're playing. I'll mention the coaches. Sean McDermott is unbelievable. That staff is unbelievable in Buffalo. Robert Sala is coaching his ass off. Brian Dable is far and away the front runner. For coach, people don't even talk about the Giants in in the national media. They talk. Brian Dable is the number one talker with the Giants. It's crazy. Bill Belichick, as much as people wanted to make fun of their offensive coordinator situation, is going to bring four defensive game plans into that Thanksgiving game and throw everything he has at you. So it's. It really is going to be a trial by fire in terms of game planning, adjusting, and, and scheming. And I think with what we've been saying with this so far this year, we go through these patches of, ah, that, we won, there's a big gap there where it didn't feel great. Like, if you're getting stuff right and you're going the right direction, what better way to test that out than against good teams that are really well coached? I don't, it feels like coaching is, at, uh, is kind of peaking in the NFL right now. Normally, there's so much coaching stuff to make fun of Tatum. (laughs) That's so true. The the Hackett one is the one that I think people can pile on. Look at the job Pete Carroll's doing in Seattle. I mean, there is just so much good coaching. And normally, we're spending all our time making fun of the bad coaching.
0: No, you're totally right. Especially when you think about, uh, I guess... The amount of funny things that you can kind of like harp on every season. You think about uh, the situations that the coaches have put these players in, and the responses and stuff. And I think that's why Hackett's getting so much uh, attention? Question mark attention? Uh, because he's kind of yeah, let's
1: go with attention. <laughs>
0: he's he's kind of the only uh, only guy laying out there that's easy, ripe for the picking.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll be fun. I think I think it'll be well, I, here's the one thing I'll say because you know, we've kind of harped on the will we be good? Will we not get there what, you know, it is so refreshing to be enjoying the season. <laughs> like has been this this fan base and we you get the Minnesota Miracle and to a, to the fan base the, Min, the Minnesota Miracle felt like a start, right? Because they've been building this team. They had these young players Young Stefan Diggs, young Adam Thielen, you know, all this young talent all over the place. And they got so close to a Super Bowl. And it's like, now you go get a quarterback. It felt like it was just the start. And then, boom, you know, average, average, a- and a frustrating average. Mm-hmm. And it's just, for a lot of us fans, the last few years, even though you supported and you loved the team and you wanted to win, there wasn't a lot of joy there wasn't a lot of fun as a fan you know and that's what happens when you're not succeeding man this year right now regardless of where we go afterwards right now the first six games although frustrating at times and concerning it they've been so fun it is fun to turn on the radio and listen to you know sports talk it's fun to throw your guys's podcast on and listen to stuff about the team it's fun again and for me that is a huge huge huge
0: win well i love the fact that we could end on a high note everyone is having a lot of fun and if you want to have some more fun make sure you check out outside on vikings tailgate whoa that was that's a new way of pronouncing it um vikings tailgate is what i was trying to say spent i would say i went home for the bye week and came back with an accident but i didn't so i have no excuse no excuse, but uh, can no.
1: I, uh, can I tell people about that quick?
0: I, that's that's why we want you here. Yeah, for sure.
1: It's uh, it's been a project that we've you know finally got off the ground this year and are really excited about it. You know, I'm not going to be a good game preview guy. That's a Pete Versich thing. That's a Ben Lieber thing. Those guys will tell you how our you know eleven scheme can match up. I can't do that. What I can do is sit around and talk like a passionate idiot. And uh, so, you know, I did stand up for so long, I would sit in green rooms with other comics and talk sports. And that was always such a fun conversation Mm -hmm. that I thought, let's go out and get great comedians who are diehard fans of whoever we're playing and let's do a preview that way. So it's been fun. We spend, we end up spending a lot of time talking about the history, you know, with the saints, like the deep, weird history of all the, crazy playoff matchup Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know just telling stories uh so it's been a really fun way to preview the matchups last week episode that'll be up all the way through thursday was bonkers brian regan who's one of the best comics on the planet and then my middle of somewhere partner chad daniels came on and told really fun viking stories so you can subscribe the vikings tailgate on any of the platforms out there. And uh, I appreciate you having me on Tatum to tell people about it.
0: No, thank you so much. It's such a good listen. It's such a fun break. And if you're tired of listening to, you know, the same old talking heads over and over, it's such a nice dose of fun with football, which I mean, personally, my two favorite things, fun and football. All right. Thank you so much, Cy, for joining us today. And we look forward to the tailgate all season long. Thank you.
1: Yes, See you when we're nine and one. I don't know. There you go. I'm knocking on wood. (laughs) I'm on the wood.
0: A big thank you to Cy Amundsen for joining us on the Minnesota Vikings podcast, his podcast out. Vikings Tailgate every week, Jay. You always have a big hand in that. And it's been a pretty fun endeavor for you.
2: It's been fun. Um, you know, it's a really fun format period. Um, you know, like you had talked about there, he was just kind of saying, you know, those guys sitting around BS and I think the thing about it for me is that you've got all of the comics and everything and everyone looks at them and says, Look at the format and look what they do and they're fun and witty and everything else. You end up realizing though they're like most other people where they also have the things that they enjoy as well. And for a lot of them, NFL is on the top of the list. So when you are able to kind of reach out to some of these different people from different walks of life, different backgrounds, different fan bases, and really kind of figure out what makes them tick, because, you know, you've got Sai kind of talking about what mm-hmm. makes a Vikings fan tick. Um, It is a lot of fun to just kind of drill down into that a little bit and just let both sides either commiserate or kind of, you know, butt heads a little bit and give each other a hard time. To me, what it reminds me of is sitting around either, you know, with your friends at home watching a game or sitting at the bar and just kind of razzing each other back and forth as this games going on. And those are the kind of conversations that I think are a lot of fun because you start to really hear some of the crazy stories that are out there and things that people have done. And I think for all of us at times as fans, you just lose the, lose your mind, period, trying to, you know, will your team to win or to just, you know, you finally lose it because of the way that things went. And some of the stories that they've been popping up have been just amazing. Uh, Chad Daniels tells a story about being at uh, Lambo last week, or Lambo uh, in a previous season, but last week on the show. And, and he basically starts talking about how he started yelling at the ref, and the entire section at, at Lambo started chanting at him uh, something that's not so nice that I'm <laughs> not going to repeat. But. Just that side of it is to, to realize, like, these guys are going to these games, they're watching on TV, and they're kind of losing their minds and having the hopes and expectations just like everybody else does. And uh, But they can also tell their stories in a funny way, so it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've always enjoyed it, or I have been enjoying it. It's just been, like I said earlier, it's just refreshing. It's nice to kind of take a break and listen to that and not just listen to stats and matchups and X's and O's, so... But speaking of all that, that stuff is still coming out on Vikings.com this week. We will continue Film Room with Kevin O'Connell tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, we will shoot the Audible. The guests' asks have been in. But you know, not not a uh, no approval just yet. So I guess it'll be a surprise, which is really fun.
2: Everyone's still coming back from bye week, so yep, just trying yep. to work out everybody's schedules at this point.
0: I did, however, just get confirmation that we will be having Patrick Peterson as our game day live interview this week, which should be fun. Obvious choice as far as you know the the defense taking on Kyler Murray. It's his old team in the Cardinals. Does he want payback from last year's oh so close? loss. I I don't even want to think about that.
2: I think for him, you know, he you could tell how much that mattered to him last year, going back to Arizona and and playing that game. I think now getting a part two here this time at our place and to really Mm -hmm. defensively be able to try to, you know, have the fans and the crowd really affect that game on, on our defensive side. I think he's you know, kind of licking his chops to get another shot at those guys.
0: For sure. That's a noon kickoff on Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. Should be a really, really fun game because it's also the Vikings Ring of Honor game and Jared Allen will be inducted into the Ring of Honor at halftime and so if you're going to the game make sure you don't use halftime to get your extra popcorn or whatever. You gotta watch the Ring of Honor ceremony with Jared Allen. Um, sure to be a good time. He's always a personality.
2: Oh, for sure. From the moment he walked in the door until the moment he left and everything in between that he's still doing stuff for us mm-hmm. now. Jared Allen was known as the personality. I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't know anyone else. I think he may have started the trend when it was the uh, was it Sunday night football intro and guys would say what schools they were from and he said the Culinary Academy. Um, You know, he he would say long snapper from the Culinary Academy. That was Jared Allen. And so he was always somebody that we absolutely loved to work with. He was really fun, not only as a professional football player, but just as a person off the field. And we always knew any time we shot anything with that guy, it was going to be gold. And uh, so to see not only the stats back up, the personality that he had when he was here with the Minnesota Vikings and then beyond, Uh, He is more than deserving to go into the Minnesota Vikings ring of honor this weekend. One
0: hundred percent. And we look forward to seeing all the fans celebrate him on Sunday. This has been the first episode of MVP for the week. We'll have another one coming at you on Friday. Until then, I'm Tatum Everett, Jay Nelson, Eric Davidson. Uh, We'll be signing off and we'll see you guys or talk to you guys later on this week. Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, has something for every member of your family family. Get your family going today at lifetime.life forward slash kids.